أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين السلام عليكم once again to spiritual solitude a guide through the book in the early hours written by Khuram Murad and edited by Dr. Riza Muhammad. This has been brought to you by Faith Inspire, an organization seeking to empower all of us so that we can contribute to society, inshallah. So we are at this journey. Um, we're on to the sixth station of our journey of the seven that is mentioned uh, in this book in the early hours. So those of you who may have missed it before, this is the book in the early hours, which is Reflections on Spiritual and Self-Development. So we are now not only in our journey through the book in the early hours, we've started a new journey, the month of Ramadan, and how time has passed so quickly. I just realized yesterday, five days had gone, and today is the sixth day. Uh, for some of you, it might be the fifth day if you've started on, on Saturday. But these things go really, really quickly. The days that we may have been waiting for the month of Ramadan to really get uh, this sense of spiritual attachment, spiritual development that we are seeking for, it goes really, really quickly. And so it's so important that we make use of the time that is available to do the practices that will help us in our both our uh, spiritual well-being and our general well-being altogether, inshallah. One of the things that's come up in the last few days is a question about what kind of resources do I use? Because there is so much out there, especially those of us who are in lockdown or in social isolation, wherever we are. There is an issue of the choices. Sometimes when we are provided with the number of choices that are uh, given to us, it makes it very difficult to make those choices. Who do I listen to? Do I listen to Numan Ali Khan and his Surah Yusuf? Or do I listen to Yasir Qadi and his 30 lessons uh, from the Quran? Do I uh, watch this uh, event with Imam Suhaib uh, Webb, uh, who is doing a series of live broadcasts? Do I lis listen to this? Do I listen to that? Do I watch this? Do I uh, read this? Uh, do I read that book? And so on. It's a constant um, number of choices that are provided to us. Now, the great thing is, whilst it may feel a bit frustrating that we can't do all of these things, that it's a, it's a, it's a real good place to be in, that we're able to get these choices. Ramadan Live Online, you can see uh, Faith Inspire has a number of things that are happening on a daily uh, basis. It's great to be in a position where we can make those choices. One thing that I would only say, whatever choices you make, whatever you feel will give you the best for this month of Ramadan is whatever choices you make, stick to that. Try and not go from one to the other. If you are uh, regularly listening to the Faith Inspire moments of Ramadan each day, which is about a minute or two uh, through the YouTube or Facebook or any other social media, try and make sure that you listen to each one every day because everyone is giving a package. It's not just sort of take one and take here and there. It's a package. Try and take the whole package. Inshallah, you'll feel the benefit at the end of Ramadan. The same thing with if you are going to listen to someone like Yasir Qadi or watch him uh, uh, with his broadcast or Suhaib Web or Numan Ali Khan, whoever it is, that, or a book that you're reading. 
try to finish reading the book or try to stick to that book rather than moving from one to the other. So that's the first thing I, I want to mention about navigating our way around the kind of choices that are available to us. The other thing is we are now into the sixth uh, chapter of the book and this is the penultimate chapter. So we only have one more session left. Those of you who have been able to join us throughout the, this series, uh, Jazakallah khair and well done to all of you again for being able to stay in the journey. Remember, we, whatever we start the journey, we must end the journey and hopefully inshallah begin again a new journey. So it's so important that you try and keep up with it. And those of you who have uh, maybe joined us uh, later, try and go back to the previous episodes and Faith Inspire have been very kind enough to upload all the videos uh, from the previous ones as we go along so that you can keep up inshallah. So today, the, the key focus today is if you think about our journey so far, We've focused on the process of self-development, the process of spiritual development, and this prerequisite, which is our first chapter. The second chapter covers the dhikrullah, which is the key point that Sakura Murad makes, which is, it is, is it not by the remembrance of God that hearts find uh, tranquility and contentment and sakina? And itmi'nan, uh, which is, uh, can be translated as contentment or tranquility. Then we talked about how to become a Hanif. It's kind of moving forward from the, 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 the mere dhikr of Allah to really becoming a committed servant of Allah and removing any obstacles that might come in our way, such as pride and pessimism and uncontrollable anger and so on. And then we talked about how it's so important in our spiritual solitude, in our search for that spiritual solitude and spiritual contentment, that we are uh, in touch and have, have a good relationship with the Messenger of Allah and remembering, remembering the key aspects of his sunnah that will help us to remain more connected. Then we talked about the fact that we can't do this simply by connection to Allah and His Messenger, but that we have to think about others around us. And this meant uh, giving in the way of Allah, giving charity and, and making ourselves available to give for others. Now, if you think about now moving on, what Sakura Murad goes on to is what he calls relate, relating to Allah's creation. And here he talks about how we must make sure that we keep those around us. This is the key message of Islam. Islam is, uh, does not subscribe to any kind of um, situation where a person's spirituality is only through isolation. It's really about being in isolation, but being with people as well. So you have a time for this and a time for that. This is why the month of Ramadan is, uh, we have opportunities, for example, uh, inshallah, when the mosques uh, begin to open again, we have opportunities to do etikaf, which is a real kind of sense of isolation from everything around us. But Ramadan itself is also isolating, but it's also being with others. So this balancing, uh, um, but this balancing is what we have to aspire for in our desire for greater sense of spiritual connection and spirituality, inshallah. Because kunu rabbaniin, that we have to be uh, rabbani, which is to do with being godly in, in, in our characteristics. And being that means that we have to be following uh, the Quran and the guidance that is uh, there. Because if you remember, 
the key um, goal of Ramadan is taqwa. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And the muttaqeen are those yunfiqu. Uh, they, they give in the way of Allah. So this is where we want to go, inshallah. So today we begin with a story uh, from, um, which is what I, I'm calling it a trilogy, uh, really. So we're in episode six. Um, today's one is a trilogy, and I will uh, give you part one at a time. Uh, this hadith is it's very revealing and it's it has so many lessons this story itself this hadith mentioned itself is something that we can uh, subhanallah get so many lessons from so re let's read this hadith the prophet sallallahu said and this is a sahih this is an authentic narration three men from among those who were before you set out together it began to rain until they reached a cave at night and entered it a big rock rolled down the mountain and closed the mouth of the cave. They said to each other, nothing will save you from this rock but to call upon Allah by mentioning the most righteous of your deeds. Now, this is really interesting because you don't think of that. You just simply think about calling. But they obviously learned that one of the ways to get help of Allah is to seek for Allah's help by remembering uh, uh, the righteous deeds, the good deeds that we have done. So one of them said, Oh Allah, I had old parents and I never provided my family or workers with milk before them. One day by chance I was delayed and I came late at night. I milked the sheep and took the milk to them, but I found them sleeping. I dislike to provide my family or workers with the, with the milk before them. I waited for them and the bowl of milk was in my hand whilst my children were crying from hunger at my feet. And I kept on waiting for them as I, uh, to get up until the, the day dawned. Then, then they got up and drank the milk. Oh Allah, if I did that for your sake only, please relieve us from our critical situation caused by this rock. So the rock shifted a little, but they could not get out. Now, the shifting of the rock itself is related to a deed that this person did, did, which is to look after and to take care of his parents. And this really sums up one of the key lessons that we will get uh, today, inshallah. So bear with us in this trilogy. Uh, this is part one. There will be three parts, and perhaps uh, we will learn a lesson from each one. So obviously, the first lesson that we learn from this one um, is teaching us about our connection, our relationship with our parents. Now, this is the bedrock of this uh, discussion, which is the idea of responsibility. Each of you is a shepherd, the prophet says, and each of you is responsible for his flock. Every single one of them, the hadith is quite long and it goes into what kind of responsibilities we have, but this is the the foundation of our understanding in terms of our relationship with others and our responsibility as human beings that every single one of us whatever it is we're not whether we're we don't have to be prime ministers and presidents and amirs and um, sultans and kings and queens every single one of us if you are take the responsibility of the yodin seriously then you have to think of yourself as a responsible person, just as a shepherd takes care of the herds, the sheep and, uh, and his farm. Each of you is responsible for his flock. So important that we, we take it in this light in order for us to really truly benefit from what is to come. And this is where 
um, the, Qur the Quran and the Islam uh, talks about So there are some something that are known as حقوق or حق. حق is the singular of the word حقوق, which means rights. That each one of us have certain rights and the rights are divided into two. There are certain rights that God has over us and there are certain rights people have over us. The rights of God and the rights of people. Rights of God is that he is worshipped. That uh, we talked about uh, that he is remembered. Uh, that we find ways of connecting to God, all the things that we've spoken about. But the other aspect to the rights that people have over us, that we have responsibility over, that we are shepherds of, is other people, other people around us. And there are different groups of people that are around us. Who are they? Let's have a look at this ayah here. Allah says in Surah number 36, verse 4, وَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا وَذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْيَتَامَ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْجَارِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْجَارِ الْجُنُبِ وَالصَّاحِبِ بِالْجَنْبِ وَابْنِ السَّبِيلِ وَمَا مَلَكَتْ أَيْمَانُكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ مَنْ كَانَ مُخْتَالًا فَخُورًا وَاعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا Worship Allah and associate nothing with him. And to parents, and to parents and to the do good and to the relatives and the orphans and the needy and the neighbor, the neighbor further away, the companion at your side, the traveler and those whom your right hands possess. Indeed, Allah does not like those who are self-deluding and boastful. So here, notice this. Allah is saying, worship Allah and don't associate. And, and to your parents, do good. And here, the doing of the good extended to your relatives the orphans the needy this is really our communities this is consisting of all our communities family is at the center our parents and our our families at the center after allah and his rasul our family is at the center and everybody else our communities our um uh, as employees and employers our neighbors all of these people come after and this is so important that we are doing ihsan on them, that we're able to do good. The, if you really want to truly uh, achieve ihsan, you have to do ihsan to others. And so here is our, so the center is our family. And then we have our communities, which consists of people of uh, our own faith, people of none, no faith, or people of other faiths. So you have community that consists of all of these. This is why the Medinan community, the exemplary Medinan community consists of of it's, it was a truly multi-faith uh, society. You had net, you have your neighbors. You are you have your employers and employees. And of course, one thing that we mustn't forget when we're thinking about relating to Allah's creation is our is is our environment, animals uh, as well that are around us as well. So it's really important that when we are in our spiritual solitude, that we our connection to, to God should not be. Uh, a way for us to get away from all of these aspects of our society. And this is what the Islamic message is. This is why we are empowered by our faith to contribute to society, people who have something to give back to society. And this should be the constant message that we learn from our spiritual understanding. So the first uh, thing, again, is coming back to dua, that... Allah teaches us that 
we should be seeking for the best in our spouses and our children and our families so so that we can lead over them rabbana hab lana min azwajina wa dhurriyyatina qurrata a'yun waj'alna lil muttaqina imama our lord grant us the delight of our eyes in our spouses and children and make us leaders of the pious surah al-furqan very famous surah al-furqan verse number 74 that you're asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make that family that uh, family that really brings you the delight of your eyes so it's really really important that we we understand this message uh, in this way so coming back here we have to ask ourselves uh, some key questions here which is what is our relationship like with our own family what is our relationship like with our neighbors our community our um, uh, employers and employees and uh the animals the environment what is our relationship like how do we improve our relationship so that these things get better so going back uh, again coming back to the key message that we are providing here with from family is you know think about things that you can do together as a family and here uh, ustad pram murad is suggesting you do three things that are essential to really build your family which is doing salah together first of all he talks about performing some of your daily salah collectively with your family the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said when you have finished your fard prayer uh, in the masjid you should offer the rest of your prayer at home for allah will bless your home because of your prayer so here uh, we are in a situation perhaps that we are not able to go to the masjid and so therefore we're praying together try to pray as many of those prayers together as a whole family as opposed to each pe- person praying in their own room in their private space of course there could be moments where you're also praying by yourself and these times are important as well the other one is really important we miss this out perhaps we do a lot of the first one but you know uh, he talks about establishing an usra or family circle to study the quran with your family uh, the quran alludes to reading Uh, of the Quran in families and in homes in the following verse where well, uh, Quran says and remember in that which is recited in your houses of the revelations of God and the wisdom so you should aim he even says you know not only once a week he said you should have twice a week if possible it could be the case that you go through something together in a more deeper way um once a week where you have longer time to study together to come together and to learn together and this will really build the family together the other one perhaps we take for granted especially in modern times now we people have uh, have meals sometimes separately uh, people have meals in the living room while one uh, of them is watching tv somebody else is on uh, something else and uh, meal uh, um doing something else together but you are not having meals together this is many of us have been perhaps have been taken for granted what we were perhaps provided uh in in the days when such technology was very little available that a lot of manners a lot of discussion a lot of bonding took place by having meals together so it's really important that we try and and find ways of eating together of drinking together of talking to each other during uh, the meals and finding ways of building uh, our family together now so what's the thing that's really important especially in modern life now is is the work life balance you know you you got your family and relationships uh, you got health and relaxation you got work and career hobbies and interests vacation and and travel all of these things um 
and of course for us uh, right at the center uh, will be the, the, our spiritual well-being. How are we making sure that we're balancing these things out? Because this is a constant issue for all of us, especially in modern age, um, living in perhaps cities in particular, where we have jobs uh, that take up a lot of our time and perhaps our outside involvement takes up a lot of our time. So that, that work-life balance is so important. And here, uh, I want you to just think of uh, these three questions. How would you rate yourself in these statements? If you give yourself one being very low and three being uh, really good, what would you say? The time I spend at work or in studying does not prevent me from having good communication with my family. Do you think that's the case with yourself, with you? Time I spend at work or in studying does not prevent me from having good communication with my family. Is that the case with you? What about the second question? My family means more to me than worldly possessions and accomplishments. Is that the case? How, how do you know that is the case, that your family means more to you than worldly possessions and accomplishments? Sometimes we find ourselves where we're constantly searching for these worldly possessions and accomplishments and it's far too late to go and give that time to a child who has uh, grown and uh, probably doesn't want to give you the kind of attention that you now are able to give. You know, trying to find ways of making sure that what you say here, that my family means more to me than world in possessions and accomplishments are truly meant in the daily uh, time and, and, and um, quality time that we're able to give. I try to share in my family members' interests. How are you doing that? What kind of things do you do so that you are sharing? So um, I deliberately, uh, when I was, was trying to highlight the key words on each one, it's interesting, when I was looking at it after, the three words that I highlighted was time means share. And that's perhaps sums up the key thing that if, you, if your time doesn't meaning that you're sharing, then you are not fulfilling this work-life balance. You're not really taking care of the key um, goal that you have of looking after uh, the interests of your family. So, of course, family without children, uh, perhaps you, you don't have children, you have other members of the, uh, of the family who have children and so on. But one of the key thing about children is that Prophet Sallallahu says, one who does not show mercy with our children is not from my community. In other words, that love, that affection, that time, that sharing that you can give to your children. Those of you who don't have children, you might have nephews and nieces and cousins and so on. It, it's, it's really, really important to find ways of giving that time and showing that uh, mercy because they are our future and they are looking at all of us to be able to provide them the kind of guidance that will help them uh, to contribute to society and to be uh, better um, spiritual beings, better believers, better Muslims uh, who are really taking care of themselves and of those others with, uh, with them. So uh, the obligations to our children are, are many. And, you know, no, uh, the Prophet says in one hadith, no father can give a better gift to his children than providing them with a good education. Within the family, both mother and the father have important roles to play in the growth and development of their children. And here I appeal to particularly fathers, uh, especially in our communities. Um, they are sometimes quite not visible 
And I, having spoken to different people, one of the things that uh, many fathers are feeling like, especially being locked down literally to the family, to the home, is that they're discovering, they're learning things about their children that they didn't know about. And the mother is thinking, well, yeah, I've, I've seen that many times. You know, you're, you're just talking about it now. And that perhaps this lockdown is becoming a bit of a blessing for fathers who are, are perhaps getting that opportunity uh, that they didn't take before. And so therefore, it's really important that we see that this is not just a mother's role, but it's uh, if you have children, it's both parents who have equal responsibility to take care of them and to, to nurture them, to, to support their growth and development. Of course, the key members who I've already spoken about in, this, in the first part of our story, but here, make it a practice as part of your spiritual development to not only have that relationship with your parents, but a constant practice. You know, every dua that you make, make sure to include this dua, which is Rabbi rahamhuma kama rabbayani saghira. Rabbi rahamhuma kama rabbayani saghira. My Lord had mercy on them as they had brought me up when I was small. It, it's really interesting here. Rabb, the educator, which means, means educator, it means the Lord. You're calling the Rabb, for mercy on your parents and then you say kana rabbayani it's because rabba means to educate to nurture to train and so therefore you're calling the the greatest trainer the educator saying that you know those parents who have educated me who have nurtured me when i was small please have mercy on them it's a real beautiful dua when you dig deep into each of the 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 the, the words, the choice of words here. Uh, it could have simply said, you know, um, uh, as the translation uh, to is, which is that whoever's brought me up. But here, Rabbayani is much more than brought me up, much more than simply um, somebody who just um, fed me. But it's it's a cons it's it's a, it's all of the things that the parents have give, provided us. And don't forget your parents, especially those of us who have parents. Um, try to try and take care of them, looking out for their welfare. But those of us who don't have uh, parents, there are a number of things that you can do. One is obviously make dua. You can give uh, charity in their name. You can do things in their name, which then benefits them uh, even in the hereafter. And this is part of our belief. Community, neighbors, taking care of uh, uh, others around us. There are so many things that we have. The strongest link of faith is to love someone in order to gain the pleasure of Allah and to hate someone for the sake of Allah is the hadith that is mentioned. So what kind of things again can we do with um, our uh, fellow believers and our communities? One, one of the things that we can do is sincere advice. Sincere advice. You should give nasiha or sincere advice and counsel, and you should also wish your brother well. And one of the hadith says, Adinun nasiha. Deen itself, the religion itself is nasiha. And so therefore, giving nasiha to those uh, around us and being a sincere advisor is so important. Self-sacrifice, you should give preference to your brother's welfare over your personal needs. Um, doing justice uh, in, in your dealing with them. Now, Doing that which is best is what justice is. Doing whatever, you know, Ihsan demands that you do even more good to your brother. Having mercy and forgiveness is what we've uh, spoken about. 
But the other thing is about being, you know, reliance and appreciation. Your brother, brother or your sister must be able to count on you in times of need. You know, subhanAllah, sometimes we get so busy with our lives and uh, with our work and, and even with our family and our habits and our hobbies and, and activities that we do. Sometimes we don't know or we don't take care of that brother or that sister who may be going through uh, difficulties. So you should share in the pain of his adversity and the pleasure of his prosperity is what the Quran Murad uh, talks about. Now we come to the part two of our trilogy. If you remember in our part one where we left off, one man, he recalled the time that he was being kind to his parents. He recalled the time he was being kind to his parents. The second man said, Oh Allah, I had a cousin who was the dearest of all people to me and I wanted to have relations with her, but she refused. Later, she had a hard time in a famine year and she came to me and I gave her 120 dinars on the condition that she would not resist my desire and she agreed. So obviously he was blackmailing her. He was using a way to get close to her. But when I was about to fulfill my desire, she said, Fear Allah, ittaqillah, and do not engage in this except by marriage. So I walked away from her whilst she was the dearest of all the people to me. And I also left the gold I had given to her, given her. Oh Allah, if I did that for your sake only, please relieve us from the, the present calamity. So the rock shifted a little more, but still they could not get out from there. So here, another uh, important thing is, is about in our relationship with others and not taking advantage of, of their situation and uh, making sure that um, the relationships are based on modesty, based on, on, on ethics on real, his, his ethical standing came in the way of actually doing something that was terribly wrong um, in, in, a, in a situation where uh, he could have gone uh, further away from uh, Allah, he became closer through it and so he's recording that. Now we've been talking about uh, community, what causes divisions in the communities and what can we do? If you just think about what kind of things causes divisions in the communities? And what can we do? Now, the, one of the first uh, thing that um, causes divisions in the communities is very often lack of understanding of each other. And I'm going to just mention a couple. One is not knowing about each other. It could be not only uh, inter, uh, uh, intra, interfaith dialogue, so we don't know about other people of other faiths, of other communities but also intra-faith, which is within our own selves. We are, sometimes we uh, don't take our own fellow communities very seriously. We disagree with them one, on one small matter and we try and, um, and, and uh, not continue to have good relations with them and to not see that there are so much more that we have in common with each other. So th this would be one of the things that th this lack of understanding, lack of knowledge of each other. So that could be one way to deal uh, with this as well. The other, the other thing is that we sometimes prefer to just stay within our own circle that we, we are comfortable with. So we don't want to try it. There's the fear of the unknown, what it might be like. And so therefore, as part of our spiritual and self-development, Quran Murad is talking about really developing that side and try to find, okay, I'm very good with those around me. How do I develop? Uh, my relations with others and being befriending 
uh, and being close to to others, maintaining um, that relationship uh, and and trying to find ways of getting close to others. And it could be through yourself as an individual way uh, with your own neighbors and your own communities, but it could also be uh, th th with an organization where you are part of an organization and you are, are a project when you are working well uh, with others. So th just think about what kind of thing causes the divisions and these divisions are very often artificial. These divisions are often um, based on fear and lack of knowledge and we have to find ways, especially living in a, a multi-faith, multicultural society uh, and also uh, multiracial and multi um, uh, motherhead, multi-schools within our own communities and so on. We've got to find ways of coming together. And what we are finding through the social isolation, the lockdown in the COVID-19 uh, pandemic is that a lot, of, a lot more people are talking to each other. A lot more people are trying to find ways of connecting with each other. And that's a really good thing. And hopefully a crisis like this gives us the opportunity to uh, find ways of coming together, inshallah. Now, the other uh, the aspect Pramara uh, talks about is our relationship with our employers and employees. As an employer, he says, you have an obligation to care for your staff, provide the most suitable working environment, ensure that they are fully compensated punctu uh, punctually for all their services. As the hadith says, give the worker his wages before his sweat dries. As an employee, however, perhaps most of us are probably in the second category, which that we are employees. As an employee, we must perform our job with due diligence and proficiency. As the hadith says, verily, Allah loves that when you, any of you does a job, he should perfect it. You know, we should not be those kind of workers, employees who simply turn up for, for a job. You know, we, we should really try to find uh, ways of, uh, seeing our jobs as a way of really contributing society to contributing to others and not just i will get paid at the end of the month so when i'm going there actually uh, there are very uh, many researchers that are out there that have said is those people who make jobs um into something that is like a calling something that they really find a way of uh, uh, of not just seeing as a way of of getting something back for, through monetary means, but something to, for, for which they give, that it helps their well-being and their happiness uh, and their job satisfaction is greater as a result. So there's a lot to be gained by seeing the, uh, our jobs in the way that Islam directs us. Uh, know that the best food is that which comes from your own efforts. As the hadith in Bukhari says, no one eats better food than what he earns by the labor of his own hands. So it's really, really important that we keep that in mind. Um, needless to say, our uh, animals and uh, the environment, animals have rights for Allah's creatures comprise his family. Sahal ibn Amr narrated that once the messenger of Allah passed by a camel who was so uh, emaciated that his belly seemed to have disappeared. He said, fear Allah regarding the animals who cannot speak, ride on them while they are healthy and eat of them when they are healthy. So. Uh, we know about the famous hadith uh, of a woman who uh, was punished and, and thrown into hellfire on account of her cat. She kept it tied up till it died of hunger. She neither gave it, uh, gave that uh, something to eat nor drunk, nor let it go so that it could eat things on earth. 
or the man who tried to um, help uh, a dog to drink. So these are, are an, our environment. Uh, it's needless to say in 2020, um, we are in an existen existential crisis as far as the environment is concerned. We are killing our own planet. And it's really sad to see that people who call themselves Khalifa of Allah, of vicegerents of Allah, uh, don't really care enough um, for the environment, even uh, wasting. And especially in the month of Ramadan, I hope that this is something that we can take much more seriously and really train ourselves so that we take care of our environment. And taking care of our environment itself is another topic. And it's really important. There are lots of resources out there on how we can be more merciful and taking care of our environment, both from an Islamic perspective. And of course, there's a lot of resources out there for uh, that generally, that we should really be, be champions of animal rights, champions of the uh, ecology crisis and trying to take care of our environment. And this is uh, what Islamic spirituality uh, is about. It's that holistic approach to our being and uh, our environment and those uh, around us, inshallah. So part three of our trilogy, which, is, which will bring us to the end, if you remember, in the second one, the man was recalling about how he kept away from something that was uh, uh, evil that he was going to do, to one where Prophet added, then the third man uh, said, Oh Allah, I employed a few laborers and I paid them their wages with the exception of one man who did not take his wage and went away. I invested his wages and much property came from that investment. Then after some time, he came and said to me, oh, so-and-so, pay me my wages. I said to him, all the camels, cows, sheep and workers are yours. He said, oh, so-and-so, you, you don't mock me. Obviously, the man said, well, hang on a moment. I just want my wages. Why are you giving me the entire factory? I said, I'm not mocking you. So he took all the herd and drove them away. Uh, and left nothing. So uh, what happened was, obviously, what he did was he invested those wages and he didn't keep those wages for himself. He uh, kept those wages uh, and the, the profits from these wages for the man uh, so that he could uh, uh, have those. So that's why now he's calling to Allah. Oh Allah, if I did that for your sake only, please relieve us from this suffering so that um, rock shifted completely and they got out walking. And this is mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim. So each of those deeds are related to what we have been covering uh, this session, which is really about our relationship with others and how we deal with, with others. And it's really important that we take care of not only ourselves, but those around us. Inshallah, now we're coming to towards the end of our session this evening, which is to really, what I would, would like you to do is not only for now, but review your Ramadan goals. How is the first six days, one-fifth of Ramadan uh, or less uh, of Ramadan has now gone? Do you need to review your goals and create more achievable goals or more challenging ones? Perhaps you found so far the goals that you had, uh, they're quite achievable. They're not really challenging enough. Perhaps you need to make it more challenging. Or perhaps you found that actually it's been really too many goals to achieve, far too many things to do. Um, perhaps review and uh, wind down a little bit and then think about what you're going to do in the other four uh, uh, fifth uh, that we have left, inshallah, the other 24 or 23 
days that we have left. So try and spend a bit of time, that five minutes that we spoke about or reflection, reviewing your Ramadan goals and where you are so far. Now I want to leave with our usual uh, exercises. Uh, maybe plant a tree or look after one or contribute to an animal welfare project. That could be one thing that you could do as part of your homework as a lead up to what we've been learning. So this is about environment, this is about animals. When was the last time we actually gave charity not only to a crisis where there is a famine or there is a flood or there is a war, but actually, an animal welfare project, a project that looks after animals. When was the last time we've done that? When was the last time we even received a message like this uh, on our WhatsApps and uh, Facebook status and so on? Because yes, it's important that we care about the human beings all around the world, but it's also important that we come back to the fact that those animals, the environment, that's what's sustaining us. You know, each of those animals, uh, each of those, uh, it, it's the um, tree, they're sustaining our very existence. So it's so important that we take care of that. So try and do something in this month of Ramadan, if not every day, once at least in the month of Ramadan, getting our consciousness of the, uh, the animals and the environment around us. The second one is do an activity to support a community project. Maybe volunteer for the NHS health service um, or your own health service, wherever you are. Um, help the distribution of the food uh, for the needy. There is a lot of people who are doing that. You can volunteer for that. Support financially an organization or project which helps your, your community in any way. You know, sometimes if we can't do any of these, physically take part in this, at least financially you can say, or you can send a message to them and say to them, thank you very much for the online activities Faith Inspire you are providing. Um, thanks very much for um, giving the, doing these food distribution. Although I pers personally can't take part in this, I really appreciate what you're doing. It could be simple as that or simply, uh, you know, using our bank account to transfer some money to these uh, needy organizations and projects who are very often doing voluntarily out of their own, but they do need some support. So helping with that. So don't forget, uh, hope, uh, share it with others. Next week we will, uh, will be the final one in this series. I uh, hope you can join in, invite others, inshallah. Uh, don't forget to make dua. Please make dua for, for me, my family, and uh, all those around us, especially at this critical time uh, in our life on earth, you could argue, uh, as we are facing this uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic, that we're able to come through it together and uh, through it better, inshallah. Wa da'ana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.